0: Soaring through the clouds From an island known for its infants Mothra returns in Godzilla Tokyo S.O.S.
1: Not just one Mothra (laughs) Eric, not just one Mothra
0: This is (laughs) true. Well, one Mothra and two half Mothras. (laughs) So two Mothras. (laughs) Uh, Indeed. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. We're still trying our best to stay alive here, Alex, from the, you know, the bargain basement of Monster Podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing this week, man? I'm
1: doing all right. Just hold up for the coronavirus. Work, work. You know, a lot of people are out of jobs, which sucks. We got a lot of family that ha- that happened too. And I'm over here being worked to death. So I, I guess I have the opposite problem, which is good. This is
0: true. <laughs> this is true. I mean, it's better. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Uh, you know what, Alex? This is episode 30. That's pretty crazy.
1: That is crazy. It's, ca- it's hard to believe we've been doing this for that long. And it's hard to believe that yeah. one franchise can have this many movies. <laughs> <laughs> this <is true.
0: laughs> hey, uh, real quick, before we start, I did want to do a quick shout out. Um, we had David Marshall on the podcast from the Kaiju Apostle podcast uh, several weeks ago. We had him as a guest. And uh, I know you shared this uh, online yep. and the Monsters vs. Men Twitter page shared this as well. But uh, him and his wife, they just had a new baby girl, Harlow. Uh, they had some complications. Um, and in this time, the medical bills are racking up. And so If you go to either the Kaiju Apostle Twitter page, or if you go to our Twitter page, we have links to that uh, GoFundMe, Um, and you can help out a fellow Kaiju fan and Kaiju podcaster. Um, We'd love to support David however we possibly can.
1: Yeah, for real. Uh, They're going through some tough stuff. I know we all are, but that's
0: that's the real stuff right there. That's next level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's it, Alex, should we get in the film? Uh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Returning for a direct sequel to Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, Misaki Tezuka once again takes the reins for this third film, for his third film of the millennium era, and incorporates familiar faces, monsters, and Mechas. But Tezuka also adds a more fantastical element into this picture, as it features Mothra, the Shobijin, and prophetic oracles. Does this new approach, though, make you feel hashtag blessed, Alex? <laughs> or should Tezuka just give it a rest?
1: Well, I think anytime the twins appear, I think everyone should feel blessed, Eric. But <laughs> I think the film really does show that Tezuka is at his best when he handles more complex things. Now, that's not to say that the movie has anything particularly deep to say, but it is a lot of fun and it's kind of off the wall. Compared to his other two movies. And I think the pacing is just relentless. Like, he, he's kind of really fine tuned his pacing. And this is a nonstop ride. Like, not only that, but we get three Mothras a Mecha Godzilla and a Godzilla with an awesome scar on his chest. <laughs> plus, True. plus, in this movie, Godzilla sends a message to someone via a computer like the original Godzilla <laughs> sent a message it's to a computer yeah. so if that doesn't tell you how off the wall this movie is I don't know what would <laughs> but, I mean this movie is it, it, it it's exactly what I was saying last week about Me- uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla where it felt like they either needed to make it more serious or they needed to make it more crazy and he took mm-hmm. it more crazy and I think it really makes this movie work a lot better And it just excels when it's really leaning into that wild weirdness that is the Godzilla universe.
0: Yeah, I I think you're exactly right. Um, You know, I've decided that when it comes to Godzilla, I I actually like a little bit of fantasy in my Godzilla films. It's interesting, though, because when we first watched, you know, Godzilla versus Mothra, or Mothra versus Godzilla, my bad, when we first watched Mothra versus Godzilla and the twins appeared, I, I remember I, I didn't like it. Like I was Me like, too. this feels a little different. Like it feels too fantasy for what we've come to appreciate about the series. But now as I've watched these films <laughs> through the course of how many, 28 now, um, the twins in Mothra, they bring a sense of the mythical and the legendary to the films that I think absolutely works. Now, you mentioned the off the wall element of the story, um, especially, you know, Kiryu's story um, with Godzilla's bones. This whole thing works because of that fantasy element. Um, Kiryu yeah. forming a bond with a young mechanic <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't work if it wasn't for those fantastical elements. As it stands, though, if you think about all of those things together, I think this is Tezuka's best film of the three that we've seen from him. And I think that's going to become more apparent as our discussion continues, but let's get into it a little bit. what do you think of these characters? Would you have liked to see, would you have liked to see more of Akane in this one? Um, did you like the Mothra tiebacks?
1: I think our main protagonist, uh, Yoshido is a little lame to me. I, I, I don't dislike him, but I do think he's a little lame. I think it's mostly a result of these like strange logic skips that happen in the story. So he goes from having like this well he goes from having this low key rivalry with this guy and then suddenly he's supporting him we don't get that moment in between where he kind of comes to that realization and then Mm. that kind of moment happens again later on in the film where there's this connection that he has with another character but it doesn't feel like it's quite connected and so it kind of makes him a little lackluster in my mind but you mentioned these tiebacks to mothra and that's where i get a lot of my enjoyment from this film actually because chujo Mm -hmm. is awesome i'm so glad to see him like back in this after the original mothra movie which i know you haven't watched yet or at least you hadn't i haven't but seeing him come back it was like it really like made me have a sense of like oh my god one day i'm gonna get old like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, this guy is really a lot older since last time I saw him. You know, I know he's in some other Godzilla movies. But it was good to see him back because we got tie-ins with other movies in the previous film. Uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. But in this one, they actually tie into the film. And Chujo's mm-hmm. tie-in works really well. It brings this relationship from a 40-plus-year-old movie into this one. And it really flows. It feels like there's a natural relationship with Chujo and the uh, the fairies. And I just, mm-hmm. I really like that element. And it really does work for me. Now, Akane, I was sad to see her not really in this, even though she was a bit off for us last week. Because the moment she does have in this movie is pretty good, actually. And yeah. I thought it showed another side to the character that she had grown. And I was kind of sad to see she didn't show up again.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I actually disagree with you. I was going to bring this up later on. I-, I disagree with you about the nephew Chujo um, and his character. I actually really like that character a lot. Now, hes I-, I think it's the supporting characters that he forms relationships with that aren't developed at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he actually shows just a conflicted – he's a conflicted character. I think now he's incredibly corny. He has multiple occasions of air punches. Yes, he does. <laughs> but, but because he does it often more than once, it makes those corny moments feel sincere in a strange sort of way. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it does. And, and I, I wasn't trying to say that
1: his character didn't work for me. I just felt like I was missing pieces of his overall story. Which kind of harmed him for me. I think that's what it was, but I think that's more of a narrative problem and maybe not so much a character problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I understand that. I, I just think he's a conflicted character, you know. Oh, he's, he definitely is. He's conflicted he's conflicted between what the Shobajin have asked and his own personal feelings about Kiryu. Um, and I think that internal conflict is one of the things that brings a more nuanced message to this film. As compared to last week, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. To me, that one felt way too one-sided, kind of militaristic almost yes. in its messaging. Here, the Shobujin and you know the young Chujo's character bring that nuance and and actually take a look at the ethical side of what creating a Mechagodzilla means in this universe. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I I agree. I mean, they they really harp on that the dead should stay dead. Which is a really mm. interesting message, especially when we find out that, essentially, the old Godzilla does have a spirit. Which, I mean, I guess we found that out last time when he took over Mechagodzilla. But this time, mm-hmm. it turns out he actually like has
0: conversations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is just yeah. the best. <laughs> it is, it is. What about... um. The monster action. How did you feel about the monster action in this film, Alex?
1: I mean, so I think the monster action actually starts, like, at the 45-minute mark on this movie. Mm -hmm. And it starts. It takes a while. It (laughs) starts. And it's like, this feels like a final battle. And it turns out it Mm -hmm. is a final battle. It's just going to be a 45-minute final battle, right? (laughs) Yeah. Half the movie. (laughs) (laughs) But what's really impressive about it for me is that, you know, in the moment-to-moment madness the film is coherent and it doesn't feel like it's dragging on, which, you know, a lot of these monster battles kind of feel like they go on too long, but this one, it's still telling a story while all of this is going on. And so much wild Mm -hmm. stuff is happening (laughs) that it Mm -hmm. really keeps my attention. Like I'm, I was very impressed. Now I did have a couple problems with, I guess maybe the choreography or maybe just the shots in general with some of the action. There was a moment mm-hmm. in particular that really stuck with me where Mothra picks up Godzilla from behind. And like mm-hmm. the goal is to throw him, like launch him. But instead, it, Mothra's carrying him, and then it cuts to a shot of him sliding on the ground. And it's like, we're, we're missing that transition shot of him like slamming into the ground and sliding, which could have yeah. been really cool. And it does that several times throughout the fight, where we're missing that one shot in between... Yeah. The launch of the attack and the impact. And it could have really made some of those scenes flow together. I know that's probably nitpicking, but there's some really cool things like. The spin on the rotational missiles that we got from, uh, I believe it was Terror of Mechagodzilla. We had rotational missiles, yeah. but this time we get rotational yeah. punch.
0: <laughs> and, it, yeah. and it
1: leads to an, like a, a moment where we are like, oh, like an audible, oh, well, moment. it's the
0: sound effects. Yeah. You know, it's the sound effects there adds to the brutality of that scene as a whole. For yeah, sure.
1: it, it, and it's brutal. And he just keeps drilling into his gut. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also, this is is the best Mothra we've seen
0: so far. I think, at least, like that. Well, it's old girl Mothra. It's old. Is it I, is. You know, even before they talked about her about to die, you could just see it when you the first see hair. her appear. Yeah, she had the long hair, and you are like, this is this is kind of like old girl Mothra, right? Yeah, here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, but I like that they give her the. I like that they give her the attack with her scales, like her and her scales. that they get, they give it the stipulation that if she uses that attack, she's going to die pretty much. And I Mm. like the attack because we find out that it keeps Godzilla from firing his atomic breath. And so when he fires Mm -hmm. it, it just explodes in his, uh, in his face. And it's just like the coolest thing. I think the battle is just overall really cool, but defeat by silly string is always going to be lame, Eric. And it was (laughs) lame when the two baby mothra came and beat him with that.
0: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. You know, one negative I will say uh, that I had about this film, and it actually goes back to last film, the last film, and it's the design of Godzilla. Now, it's not a huge negative, but for me, I think this Godzilla that we've gotten in the last two movies, it feels like it could have been generated in a machine. It's just Hmm. there's nothing super unique or particularly interesting about this design. Maybe that's the point. I, I'm not sure. But also, I just feel like his face is a bit cartoonish. Those yellow eyes. I'm just not a fan for whatever reason of, of this Godzilla. Strange enough, I, I complained about Mechagodzilla's design last week. I actually appreciated his <laughs> slight redesign here. Um, what's interesting to me is I, I prefer my Godzillas, I think, to be a little over the top. But my Mecha Godzilla is to be a little bit more down to earth. Um, I don't know why that is, <laughs> but uh, I did love those rotational hand punches, though. Uh, that was amazing, <laughs> um, and I think you're right. I think the monster battles here are are better than they were in the last one. And I've I've just got one uh, more idea to throw out at you guys. Okay. How about Mecha Godzilla as Christ figure? Oh wow! <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, um, I, I, you know, just does, just marinate on just marinate on that. I'm one getting for a little it. Bit. I'm getting it.
1: He's 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 died and he's been brought back, and he sacrifices himself <laughs> at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's about all that and I've got
0: on that one, there, <laughs> Alex. Alex, this is not a stretch at all. <laughs> Think about the whenever he like comes into consciousness. And the red tear comes back.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Eric. You know what they said
0: about Jesus in the garden, right,
1: Alex? (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God, Eric. What did they say, Eric?
0: Jesus wept. (laughs) And he sweated blood. He sweat blood.
1: Oh, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and now I think that's what oh, we call dude. a
0: reach. <laughs> I think I think it's a perfect one to one allegory. I don't know what you're talking about, Alex. <laughs>
1: oh man.
0: With that said, I think we should bring in someone a little more grounded. What about you? Yeah,
1: let's do it.
0: It's time to bring on the one and only G-Man. G-Man. All right, we are very pleased to welcome now Jack to the podcast, known online as G-Man himself. He's a film historian, ex-critic, ex-filmmaker, and just a great overall follow on Twitter. Now, Jack, to start things off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've come to love Godzilla movies? where did this love start, and why do you stay involved online in this fan community?
2: Uh, so... Yeah, no, I uh, so I graduated with a degree in in film screenwriting and film criticism, and that, a, a large part of that was because of the Godzilla series. You know, I always want to know, you know, what what kind of, you know, why do I love the series so much? What what are the things that made so many people come back to it? Um, but uh, yeah, and and you know, I, I reviewed, I was reviewing movies in local papers, magazines, websites, even before that. Uh, I wrote movie reviews, recounted film history, and worked on productions, but I found the world of Hollywood filmmaking uh, huh, not not only dishonest, which I expected, but it wasn't fun knowing that there were people I'd have to step on in order to uh, move up, mm-hmm. and I wasn't willing to do that, so I actually went back to another passion of mine, which is track and field Uh, I was, I was a division one runner in college. I was nationally ranked in 2005. So I've been coaching my own, my own club team for the last several years and a college team for the last two years. And I find it much easier to sleep at night knowing I'm, I'm helping kids get into schools rather than stepping on people. Uh, as, as for, uh, as for Godzilla, I got into him and I I can't even remember anymore. Uh, Late 80s, (laughs) early 90s, somewhere in there. And I caught Godzilla vs. Gigan on TV at about 1 a.m. This version of the film was called Godzilla on Monster Island. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I was just enamored. I was fascinated by how it was made, why it was made this way, the monsters, the designs, the zany ideas. I mean, the whole... The entire concept really fired my imagination on all cylinders, and I, right. you know, my life was ruined yeah. after.
1: And that. that's how, that's why that movie is now your favorite Godzilla movie, right?
2: Uh, it's a slog. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, <laughs> my, I um, <laughs> nostalgia has no place in my heart. Really, I, I, I can't really get through it often yeah. these days. But it was, uh, well, it's
1: it's a thing. <laughs> it exists. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. It's uh it's one of Eric's favorites.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard. I know. I know, Eric. Man, you, uh, sorry, you didn't mean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm so offended right now. You're off the interview.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. See ya. Been fun.
1: Uh, but I was gonna say that you know one of my favorite interactions with you that on, online has Uh-oh. just been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you already know where I'll go. Is when we did our Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2 episode and we me and Eric both complained about them not showing a the the escape pod get launched away and then all you do is post a picture of the escape pod flying away and circle it that's all you do <laughs> it's the so like I- escape pod
2: I knew, I knew as soon as you guys asked me that this was going to come up, and and I can't believe this has inadvertently become one of my greatest take downs. <laughs> it's, it's it's become. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really didn't mean. To. I just I was, oh, they didn't notice the escape pod, and I just pulled that screen cap up and circled it for you guys so you'd see it, and then the reaction to it, I was like, oh. <laughs>
1: It was so good. And it's definitely, like, one of my favorite interactions, period, online. <laughs> <laughs> it's one, of those, one of those facepalm moments where you're just like, I can't. Okay. <laughs> like, like,
0: well, me and Eric you know, like, we
1: considered getting rid of the podcast. We just considered.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, the thing about that, though, is, like, probably the first, like, you know, 20 times I saw that movie, I didn't notice it either. I had you know i had a, a bootleg back in the uh the early 90s on vhs and they were very very dark and it wasn't until i i had it on dvd i was like wait what is that is that an escape it was an escape pod <laughs> and and you know i, I was just, i conferred with other fans i was like is this what i think it is and like, yeah that's these that's the the rocket set why the rocket sound you hear in the background is going on i'm like oh jesus <laughs> it really could have been what they really needed to do was establish first that the cockpit they were in was an escape pod or have a close up shot of a hatch opening up or something because that Mm -hmm. was not enough
1: (laughs) yeah it wasn't it wasn't but thanks a lot for that by the way um, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and I was going to ask you, like, what, what are your other favorite Godzilla movies?
2: Other favorite? Cause you, everyone already knows that I love monster zero. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> that, which, which is, which is a good thing. Unlike Eric, you and me have an appreciation for monster
2: zero. <laughs> I thought he warmed up to it though. I thought I, later I on you, you yeah. guys kind of, kind of, you know, he, he ended up putting it higher than he. Wanted to, <laughs> <Yeah>. but uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I've given up on ranking the series. I more power to you guys for doing it because it ch- it would probably change for me every five hours. Yeah, if I if I did that. Uh, I, generally, when I when someone asks me what's your favorite Godzilla movie, I just given my top three and tell them that this rotates depending on the hour, um, <laughs> and it's it's usually <laughs> Invasion of Astro Monster, Terror of Mecha Godzilla and GMK, or, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, oh, giant yeah. monsters. Yeah, all you don't want to mess that up. So uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, and I could say, you know, stuff like Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster or The Return of Godzilla, but, you know, it's easy to be self-aware that I'm a giant monster fanboy because <laughs> to some extent or another, I find something about each of these movies that I love that make them yeah. worth watching and re-watching Except Space Godzilla. <laughs>
1: Which I'm sure you loved our episode where we actually heaped a little bit of praise on it compared to what most people think. I,
2: I listened to that episode. I was like, man, it's a good thing I'm in the <laughs> gym right now. I'm just- <laughs> uh, in,
0: in, your, in your Twitter profile, I think mm. you jokingly describe yourself as mega elitist, scary, evil, gatekeeping, trigger man. Mm-hmm. yeah and no, that's guessing, completely serious yeah I'm, <laughs> absolutely serious <laughs> i'm getting i'm guessing it, this is because of how you may be perceived online and to be honest alex and i both thought at first uh that you would probably look down on our podcast yeah. <laughs> i don't know why that was the case but we've been super pleased to have some great conversations with you that completely broke our perceptions why do you think you're perceived this way online i've seen a few haters why do you think they're out there well, it's because I'm an aggressive asshole. Uh,
2: but, the, you know, there, there's there's a few things about that because this has been a big topic lately, right? Yeah. And it kind of deserves a big answer. Uh, I, I come in, part of it is the film critic in me. Mm-hmm. I feel like film critics are often very... You know, they're, they're unapologetic. They're very objective with what they yeah. say. And I also, I really encourage people to, when they say an opinion, you know, say it objectively because that shows me, you have confidence in your opinion. And I really like that. And maybe that's the coach in me too. I don't know, mm-hmm. but also I come from a slightly older sect of the fandom. I was part of the monster zero forms back in, uh, 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 97, <laughs> 98, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and even in the mid 2000s, we were all on that forum, very responsible for flame wars every week, we called each other obscene names, moderators <laughs> let it fly. And, and by the next week, we all landed on our feet, we were fine, we were friends. I think certain portions of the fandom probably don't understand. Well, I don't, I don't think they understand my very, very dry facetiousness, but that's <laughs> on me. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think portions get that others enjoy a good joust. And take it personally. And, you know, if you don't know someone, that makes sense. But sometimes sometimes internet discourse just needs to be as over the top as possible to reveal how little it actually matters. (laughs) (laughs) And and, But you you asked about why I put that in my profile. There was actually a very specific story about that. And I want to preface the story by explaining that I hate, hate, hate the phrase, you're not a true fan because, Uh, or variations of it. I hate that phrase. I think it the comment lacks all sorts of context and there's no way to define a true fan. Uh, you know, it it doesn't really have any substance. No. Does it? It 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 means it means nothing but offends so many. And but anyway, I was always interested in hearing why people think I have that on my Twitter profile because You know, most people think, no, that's very tongue in cheek. Some actually believe I'm flying a gatekeeper pride flag on my house, which (laughs) now that I say it out loud. But but I didn't write that. I didn't write that until I was accused of being a gatekeeper Mm -hmm. two years ago on the grounds that I didn't like the 90s movies. Ah. And that was it. That was that was really what it boiled down to. And the individual who accused me of this. I love this the individual who accused me of this was in love with what uh, director Michael Doherty was doing and saying pre-King of the Monsters. This is before Godzilla Uh, King of the Monsters came out. mm -hmm. And he was writing high and preaching the gospel of Doherty. And days, and I mean days, after he accused me of this, uh, a Total Film magazine interview with Doherty came out where he talks about important themes in his film. And he said, and I quote, it wouldn't be a true Godzilla film if you didn't touch upon those things, otherwise you're just making a big dumb monster movie. There has to be a sprinkle of it. Otherwise, you're not being faithful to the original intent of the series. Anyone hmm. who thinks otherwise is not a true Godzilla fan. Hmm. <laughs> I uh, I never heard from the guy who accused me of that. After that. Um, <laughs> and and all that told me was that if you talk about aspects of this franchise. In ways that some dislike, you're a gatekeeper. But mm-hmm. if you stroll in with good intentions, you get a you get a pass, even if you're kind of pushing your own standard for being a yeah. fan. Hmm. And and it, that just told me that there's I think there's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing with that because another form of gatekeeping is telling or policing people how they should talk about the franchise, mm-hmm. gatekeeping the conversation. Huh. Um, but like I said, some of us just like a good joust or something like that. And this isn't, by the way, this isn't to discount movements like David's at Kaiju Apostle, who he's a life changing individual and he gives us all a lot to think about, but he also doesn't tell us how to have conversations. He just asks us to think about what we say before we say it. And, and as much as I've had to reflect on my own aggressiveness, uh, I think others really need to consider that telling people how to converse about a topic is gating off a lot of brave and fun conversations for many who just don't take heated debates that seriously. Uh, Cause I, I have a lot more to lose sleep over in the real world personally. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. But as for you guys, I don't, I don't really understand how anyone could look down on you for what you're doing. You've been a pot of gold in terms of entertainment. And (laughs) I, I, uh, (laughs) I, I do a lot of time driving and working out to your episodes. And, and I love how eager and enthusiastic you are to dive into the stuff and learn. And that excites me and it's made me revisit some of these films. And, you know, we all have fun in our own way. And this is, this has been a lot of fun. I love listening to you guys. It's, I I love that you're so excited and passionate about these movies.
1: Oh, I'm glad that we get you uh,
2: literally pumped at the gym. (laughs) <laughs> you really do. You, you, I do. You know, it was the Mega Gears episode. You guys started talking about the Mega Gears episode. I was like, I think I need to give that that movie another tr- another go because I initially yeah. just you know have not wanted to sit through it again. But my last go at it was actually was actually pretty. Uh, oh, look so. Pretty fun. Changing hearts and minds that? over here. Eric. <laughs> yeah, here
1: <we>
2: <laughs> it's still a slog too, but I, I, I did oh. enjoy it. <laughs> quit, quit your gatekeeping, Trigger Man. <laughs> uh, this
1: is jack signing off uh we're <laughs> so sorry i'll get off my soapbox uh. now i'm not uh <laughs> well I, we do have one more question for you before we get into our awards. Yeah. what without giving us your final rating and ranking what are your initial
2: thoughts on tokyo sos uh i like it i like tokyo sos it's probably my favorite tezuka film Uh, I think we really start seeing some innovation out of him and his shots. He really, Mm. he starts creating a sense of atmosphere with his shots instead of just moving images. Right. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I think, I think a great example of that is the meeting with all the faceless brass in front of the overexposed windows. You, 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 it really makes you feel something's off and malicious. And uh, now I don't, I don't think it's a very original movie. It's mm-hmm. essentially Mothra versus Godzilla, but instead of an egg, Mothra wants Mechagodzilla's bones returned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Tezuka's probably not much of a writer. Some some interesting aspects to the story seem to get lost, like Mothra becoming an enemy to humanity if the bones aren't returned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but she comes to the rescue. She comes to the rescue anyway because of magic school desks.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was one of my <laughs> biggest problems as well.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I. But you know the the movie has a lot of energy. It's it, it has a uh, a charming visual look, and my God, mm-hmm. that score by Oshima! Can we mm-hmm. take a moment for her yes. music, please? Because swoon. Can, what did you guys no, think of the score? It,
1: it's really good. It's really <laughs> good.
0: Now, I thought it was great in the last one, but it, it,
2: it's 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 uh-huh. awesome. It, it takes it to a new level in on this one. Yeah, steps up her game. I, I I love her Godzilla theme that she first brought in in Megarurus. Mm-hmm. But the things she does with it and the other themes, and that the the end credits uh, piece is just gorgeous. And yeah. and uh, for years, I've I've thought that this was the last truly, truly you know, great Godzilla score in the franchise.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. that was pretty awesome. Yeah, mm. yep, yeah. even better than hmm. Final Wars. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh eric i was like he could go to he could go two ways with this i'm, <laughs> I, I'm just looking forward to i watching can't wait next week uh, i'm so now, excited so. for final wars <laughs> that is my most anticipated episode right now <laughs> yeah, of you I, I have to, <laughs> <laughs> to
0: it's gonna be fun for sure uh well with that said let's go ahead and get into our awards alex We're going to start with you. Who is your coolest character here? My
1: coolest character has to be uh, Shinichi Chujo. I think it's just really good to see him come back. I mean, I mentioned to Eric earlier that he's really made me realize, you know, death is coming for me because seeing him so old, I'm like, oh, God, Chujo. (laughs) But I think he really ties Mothra with this movie really well, whereas the other tie ins don't really work as well for me. But seeing him back in this movie, it's just, it was a joy whenever he was on screen for me.
0: For sure. I, no, I For me, I didn't think there were too many to choose from here. You know, we only get a couple of, of pretty good characters yeah. here. I'm actually going to go with the Prime Minister, Hayato Igarashi, uh, mm. who was in the last film. He was cool there, but here I appreciated his stoic nature that was also very decisive at times. Um, he's especially decisive to release Kiryu and then um to bury cure you once once he's completed his mission of course it doesn't come to that but I, he just brings something to that role uh that i really appreciated yeah
1: yeah i, I think he did i think he did do a good job uh, I, you know anytime we get a good prime minister it's a <laughs> it's a good thing yeah, right? yeah. like whenever yeah. we get one they yeah. do stand out it seems like
0: yeah for sure
2: jack yeah, what definitely. about you who's your coolest character Man, yeah. Well, I, I told you earlier. I, th- I thought this was tough, and I was I was initially going to go with uh, Nakeo's character as well, but I had a feeling you were going to grab him. So this this is definitely against the grain for me and against my better judgment. <laughs> <that>. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm going to go with Lieutenant Azusa uh, Kisaragi. Oh, or, uh, even and even though she does nothing <laughs> and, and and poor Miho uh Yoshioka uh, she man she makes sure to do as little acting as possible as yeah. possible in this movie <laughs> but the <laughs> the movie frames her as the really cool hot girl in high school that everyone including the nerds and jocks want to get with uh-huh. and even though she only has Eyes for the nerd in this case. She has a very professional focus about her job. She keeps her cool more than anyone in the entire movie. So, for keeping her cool and being the popular girl at Military High, my vote goes to Lieutenant uh, uh, Kisaragi. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that that's, that's, that's a little good. under the radar. That's a good idea. Yeah. I,
1: I completely forgot We're, about that character. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know what's funny, though, is is even before the main character and all the promotional stuff was really revealed, she was the one that was kind of like touted in all of the, uh, the marketing material as far as the characters. We, we thought she was just going to be Akane, you know, version 2.0. Right. right. But it turns out she was just, Background. you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, <really>.
2: yeah. <laughs> well,
0: let's start with you, actually, for our most memorable line award, Jack. What you got for most memorable
2: line? Oh no! Okay, so again, I had the worst time with this one, and had it been any other movie, well, I don't know. I so I'm going a little outside the oh, box no. here, <laughs> and the, the 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 most the most memorable line award for me is is not verbal.
1: Oh no! It goes, Yours is going to be mine. It, it goes
0: to Kiryu <laughs> yes. at the tail end.
2: <laughs> Sayonara, Yoshito. <laughs> which which i to be fair, i never saw that as a friendly goodbye but more like a very very exhausted 1954 godzilla revealing uh. that he was just watching the whole time uh-huh. <laughs> so like right right before it sinks beneath the waves it sort of insinuates he was aware of everything just kind of creepily goodbye yes. Yoshito, you know
1: and, yes. and and see ya yeah yeah that was that was <laughs> that, what mine was going to be actually <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's all I can think about. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we're on. <laughs> There's just nothing else to really latch onto, and and that just really stuck out to well, me. You know, I, how See often does Godzilla
1: instant message you? <laughs> well, if you're in Gears, uh, <laughs> Oh, what about you, Aaron? You know,
0: my 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 line is. Just is memorable, absolutely. It's right right before the Godzilla submarine attack. We've got the sonar technician yeah. in oh, English oh. saying, oh, Jesus, big heartbeats. Big heartbeats. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> and then he meets his death.
2: This is what happens to us all when we fall in love. Yeah, loss. that's pretty.
1: <laughs> big heartbeats. <laughs>
0: Heartbeats. Uh, w- yep. what about uh your can't believe that acting award alex
1: yeah you know i think i'm just gonna go with uh akane in this one <laughs> like uh, only because i think she really sold her role better in her few moments in this one than she did in the entire previous film and also she did not have any of those like psychotic moments where she thinks see, <laughs> t- uh, giving someone a pep talk was talking about how she's meaningless so a plus oh, yeah. for Akane on this
0: one. <laughs> yeah, no, she she was yeah. I, her one scene, <laughs> her one scene uh, where she's talking with nephew Shujo was I thought it was pretty powerful. Yeah, actually. it was
2: a good moment. Pretty good. Yeah, Jack, what about yeah. you? I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Kiryu's new operator, Kiyosuke Akiba. Mm. Uh, mm. He's played by Mitsuki Koga, who later went on to become common writer, and he had a. Huh. He had a cameo in Fast and Furious Three, actually. Oh, uh, but his 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 character Akiba spent a little too much time watching kung fu movies in his youth. He he always he's always like leaning against a wall with his arms folded <laughs> and the bill of his hat covering his face like an anime character. But okay. the scene where he meets Yoshido, oh yeah, and catches <laughs> catches a fly.
1: I'm convinced <laughs> that he was carrying the fly around the whole time, and he just like <laughs> pretends that he catches it in front of everybody. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> A better, I, if that were established, that would probably bring it back down for me. But his strained, his, his strained facial expression, and, and it looks like it's about to like cave in on itself. And his dramatic just pause with his fist in front of Yoshida's face yeah. <laughs> every time that scene just wakes me up in a storm of laughter. It's just so yeah. disconnected from the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: it's odd. It's
2: odd. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Oh, man. I'm going to go with,
0: uh, you already mentioned him, Alex, but Hiroshi Kozumi um, as Chujo. I love his reveal, first of all. I had no idea who was hiding behind the book in that first scene that we see with him, but I knew it was going to be someone familiar. Now, the thing was, I've never seen the original Mothra. You guys have, I know. But I was still glad to see a familiar face come back to this role. Um, The scene between him and Akira Nakao, Gave me similar feelings to watching Al Pacino and Joe Pesci in the Irishman. Like, mm, these two greats, you know, coming back with this great film. It, it seemed it seemed fitting for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of Irishman vibes in this one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Alex, yeah, so you said so you've, you've seen Mothra, right? Yes. Okay. Do you remember how he's revealed in that film? How he's revealed in Mothra? No, I just remember that yeah. they go to the okay. All right, Infinite Island. Okay, what? well, let's. That's that's all I'll say on that matter. I'm I'm really looking forward to you seeing Mothra. Let's just put it that way. Uh, that, that's, oh boy, really? What about your um, standout effect, Jack? My, the great shot, yeah. Uh, okay, so there's a. It's a very brief shot, probably lasts maybe two or three seconds. But uh, Akiba ejects Kiryu's damaged wrist gauntlet, and it hits the ground on top of a van. And there's a street light in the foreground. A big explosion from the van. Lots of debris. I, I just really like see special effects director uh Ichi Asada, he he did a great job exploiting the weight being thrown around in this movie. Yeah. And there's always stuff in the foreground for a sense of scale. He uses a lot of low angle tracking shots, and whether it's a monster or a piece of equipment, if it hits the ground, it's not just a thud. Debris flies everywhere, mm-hmm. things explode. And I thought the gauntlet ejection shot was a great example of that that. And he he uh he really captures that moment. Uh well, it just it's always impressive. That
1: sounds like something I would have picked where a building falls apart and it's my favorite thing. Yeah. Was- <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that was that was my favorite thing here. It was oh. whenever, you know, Godzilla crashes through the National Diet Building. Um, oh, the effect was very convincing I thought. The destruction felt very legitimate. Too, I just like what that destruction represents. It's it's like parliament, you know, for Japan. So I thought it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Man, I'm not, I don't know. When's the last time you picked something with destruction in it, Eric? But uh, yeah, I, just, I just thought it was cool. <laughs> but I actually really like <laughs> the, just in general the intro with Mothra flying beneath the clouds, mm-hmm. and you just see like the ripple mm-hmm. of her going through the clouds. It it's a pretty impressive effect that still looks like it stands up today. So mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, but that's got to yeah. be it. That whole sequence is pretty. I'm surprisingly holds up really well, especially compared to mecha or godzilla gets mecha godzilla's effects this is way better yeah, yeah.
0: well yeah. i'll take that opportunity to, tr- to transition into my oh that's a good shot award alex because i was impressed with that moth reveal at the beginning um you know as the jets fly above the cloud line and we see something moving within the clouds i believe that effect but i just thought it was great camera work as well i love the angle um that we saw that that uh we, we don't see what the object is yet but we know it's Mothra we see Mothra just th- soaring through the clouds it was a really good shot and a really cool effect yeah what about your uh that's a good shot uh, award alex yeah mine's
1: got to be during the fight after uh, godzilla sets tokyo tower ablaze and it's fallen down and we get that shot with it burning in the background while they're getting ready to do more battle it just it looked the tower would never burn like that but it looks really good burning like that <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and jack what about you so i just realized i mixed up my great shot and great standout effect oh, words okay. uh,
0: <laughs> so they go hand in hand pretty so, well so
2: the great shot the great shot was the the kiryu gauntlet i'm sorry about that the standout effect was just the mothra prop yes all, it's so I, I think uh yeah. you know i i don't have a lot of nice things to say about shinichi wakasa's monster suits or props <laughs> especially flying his flying monsters yeah but he yeah. nailed it here uh, I think it's the best-looking Mothra since the 1960s. It, yeah. It's very fluid, yeah, and looks very organic, and I, it's probably my favorite Mothra design. Yeah,
1: this is my honestly. this is my it's, favorite Mothra that we've seen so far.
0: Yes, agreed, agreed. Oh yeah, no, we, we both said we loved it. Uh, it's a really good choice. Um, let's go into our rating and ranking. Then uh, I'll start us off, and then. <laughs> Jack, you said you don't uh, rank these films anymore, but I am curious
2: what you would rate this film. Not out of ten, out of five. <laughs> gotcha. Right, right. I'm glad you warned me about that. I actually rate things out of a hundred, so it's very. Oh, you, you know, I
0: just- you can do that. You could do that too. Alex doesn't get it right ever, so so that's fine. Oh, thanks, um, Eric. <laughs> ever, you never get it right. <laughs> So here's what I'll say. The, the Prime Minister at the end of the film, he says, we finally recognized our mistakes and became brave enough to accept them. I, I think most critics and, and lots of fans would probably rate Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla ahead of this one. But I actually think Tezuka learns from his first two Godzilla features to create his best Godzilla film with Tokyo SOS. My criticism with Mega Megaguirus was its plot. Of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, is kaiju action. But for me, this film, it blends both of those, while maybe not reaching the heights in either category as is past two. The fantasy elements as well, they automatically make this film feel less serious. Um, another issue I had with Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. The characters, though they may have less depth overall than some of the previous Millennium entries, they serve a purpose and have clear though conflicted motivations throughout. I still don't think we see the depth of meaning that we found in GMK by any means, but there's more nuance here than there was in the last film. Thus, I give this one a three and a half out of five. So it ranks in my millennium era films, it rates bl- ranks below GMK in 2000, but ahead of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Mega Megagiris. Mm, okay. Yeah. So right in the middle at this point. Yeah, right, right in the middle. Yeah. A-
2: okay. Okay. Right. Jack, what you got? All right. So, I, Eric, I'm going to follow in your footsteps with a okay. quote as well. Uh, and this is this is actually from director uh, Masaki Tezuka himself. This is a great one. If, if there were ever a sentence that confirms a director is evolving in the right direction, this is it. Uh, Tezuka explained producer Shogo Tomiyama's way was to lay out three or four story treatments and have the director pick one. Again, for Godzilla Tokyo SOS, they had four stories, but... They were all really boring. They all felt like Godzilla versus space Godzilla. So uh, (laughs) I, I like, I like Tezuka a lot. I like that. He was so dissatisfied with the producers story treatment that he went out of his way to write one himself you can't say he doesn't care. Uh, The movie oozes, it just oozes enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. He goes out of his way to create a really fun film, and he even improves on his own directing techniques with more mature shots, transitions, and production design. Uh, His his world building building is excellent, and because of that, there's a great deal of focus and consistency within the logic of his films. Uh, For example, humanity isn't conveniently forgetting to use devices that successfully drove Godzilla away before. Instead, he takes time to write out the absolute zero canon. Right. That said, he's not much of a writer. He, his characters are paper thin versions of what they'd like to be. Mm -hmm. And he drops too many important roles halfway through the movie with little to nothing to do. Uh, So, uh, you know, it's great to see Kazumi again as, uh, as Shinichi Kujo, but he, doesn't really have much to do by the final act. I also think uh, the beats land too close to Mothra versus Godzilla with the Shobaijin sending a warning to return a MacGuffin. MacGuffin is not returned. Humanity asks for Mothra's help anyway. Mothra dies in a fight with Godzilla. Mothra's twins uh, uh, wrap up Godzilla with a pretty bow and he gets tossed in the ocean. Order is restored. Mm -hmm. So I think it is the epitome of vanilla (laughs) Uh, with... (laughs) really flat characters, but I do recognize the strides Tezuka has made. Uh, and I think the effects were wonderfully shot. So I give this movie a very strong, a very favorable glass half full 2.5 out of five. Oh, nice. And, and that is the first movie I've rated in four years. Wow. There's one. Yeah. You heard it here, <clears throat> folks. Just for you guys. <laughs> just for you guys. Well, I mean, no one, I, I understand
0: some people not liking to rate their movies as well. Uh, and I'm not a huge rating guy. And we don't take our ratings too seriously if you've listened to us for very long. Yeah. Oh, God. No, 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 no. I, I, know, <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, I. So we I, won't hold you to that for eternity and say, well, <laughs> man rated it at 2.5 out of 5. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah.
1: Any, any time, I'm, on,
0: I'm on under oath here. Anytime you give this movie a
1: compliment online, I'm like, well, remember, this guy gave him a 2.5 out of 5. So
2: fifty percent—that's failing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But it's still fifty percent. It's still a big chunk of the pie, right. though. So what are you it going? What are you is. going to believe? Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's yeah.
2: <laughs> Alex, what you got, man?
1: Yeah. So this one for me it was kind of not nice and refreshing after the previous film. You and me both came down a little low on the on the last one, citing that it just it really just felt like it lacked impact. Well, 45 minutes into this movie, all we get is impact (laughs) over and over again. (laughs) But I also think that the impact is kept pretty fresh for a 45-minute long fight scene. It doesn't really ever get boring like we've seen in the Mm show era where things kind of start to feel monotonous sometimes. Mm -hmm. This one, it felt like they kept throwing, I I won't say new things because we we have seen a lot of these things before, but they keep throwing curveballs, I guess into the mix, especially with the rotational, uh, drill or what was it? Rotational, not the missiles. I'm blanking on it. Fist, Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> rotational fist, which was an awesome moment. I think some of the editing during that fight scene is a little lackluster. We're missing, we're, we're seeing punches thrown and we see them land, but we don't see that bit in between. And so that with my man, Chujo, uh <laughs> seeing him- seeing him come back was really nice, but I think you're right, Jack, that us not seeing him in the third act really kind of hurts it. like he just appears to find his grandson with a desk <laughs> or way too many desks right so right <laughs> i mean we we have some characters that I feel like they're dropped, but I actually have a lot of fun with this one. That that last forty five minutes is yeah. it's a ride. Like we get three Mothras at once. Who would have thought? <laughs> we would have gotten three Mothros at once. We get a Godzilla sending messages on a computer. I mean, what else could you <laughs> ask for in a Godzilla movie? <laughs> so with that, I'm gonna give this one a three point five out of five. All right. All right. Yeah, I
0: can take it. You know, thinking about the desk scene, guys, as a teacher. I'm just thinking about that now. It takes it takes way too long for me to reorganize my classroom. There's no way
1: that was done in about
2: Ten minutes.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: it's a lot of desks too. That's like a lot well, of maybe, that's at least twelve classrooms. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: maybe the fairies <laughs> were helping him.
2: Maybe the yeah, showmanship were yeah, helping. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Carrying
0: one desk at a, between the two. Of them. So, Jack, before we get into our rhyme time and our closing statements, where can people find you online, and and what's in store for G-Man this upcoming year?
2: Yeah. So currently you can find me on Twitter at a uh, G man on sci My main priority is to survive the Corona apocalypse oh, and, uh, Good luck. <laughs> and yeah, but in the meantime I do, I do have some larger projects coming up that may or may not dip into the podcast realm. So you'll Ooh. have to wait and see here. So.
1: Man, I can't wait. I want to I, I hear that one. Do you? Uh, well, you know. I mean, I, I felt like I was obligated to say I wanted to. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, there
2: you
0: go. <laughs> uh, Jack, do
2: you have a rhyme for us this week? I do. Nice. Uh, right, uh, mine, mine's a little meta for the podcast. Oh, Are you ready? Okay. Here we go. All right. So for Godzilla's final war, will Alex come up with a solid rhyme or make Eric roar? <laughs>
1: Oh <laughs> uh, well you're
0: about to find out.
1: Uh or Eric, do you want to go before I-, <laughs> maybe,
0: I I I can go. I'll go Alex. Okay. <laughs> Mine is would you describe Final Wars as chaotic, psychotic, or maybe just hypnotic? And Alex, does it make you a little erotic? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Not to get too suggestive, yeah, yeah. if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, well,
1: well uh, mine is, after Godzilla Final Wars, will you be engorged or left in snores? <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> you have to roar for me, Eric. <laughs> That is roar worthy. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, as always, though, you can find us online uh, on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. Um, On Letterbox we're Alex Cornette and Eric Neely. And you can always email us feedback, MVMPod at gmail.com. Until next week, though, and Jack, you can join us in. I got I'll you. Join in on this. <laughs> try, try, try to, to stay, stay. <laughs> uh,
2: loved watching and rewatching Godzilla versus Gigan